tuned in to episode 92 of the great year. Great year, by the way. Uh, 92 of the podcast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friend, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. What's up, man? It's good, to, it's good to be back together so soon. We recorded last week's episode, like, later than we normally do. Yeah. So, like, the, this week's show really snuck up on me when you uh, messaged me <laughs> earlier, like, oh, you ready to do the show today? I was like, oh, yeah, wow, it's already time. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's crazy. I think this this must be like the shortest period of time where we haven't spoken and i think it's it's not good in terms of a news perspective because some of the stuff that happened over the weekend that we recorded on sunday last week's episode would have probably been in this show but we will we'll get through it we'll figure it out <laughs> yeah yeah uh it definitely would have worked out a little bit better for our show notes but <laughs> i uh, i think it was worth it because last week's episode was like jam-packed so now we have like a very light show we could be silly we'll take a breath you know it's like it's good give give the people some room to breathe uh because man did did a lot happen last week in the world of mm-hmm. nintendo uh but Speaking of the world of Nintendo, welcome to the Potscast, LootPots.com's weekly Nintendo podcast where we talk about all things all around the world of Nintendo. And uh, yeah, we uh, we've been having a we've been having a pretty good pretty good clip lately of things actually happening this week. A little slower, but we've got some stuff I'm very excited to chew on. But before that, I'm going to tell you how you can find the show, how you can be a part of the show, and do a little bit of shilling for the brand. So, uh, of course, if you you know want to get in touch, you want to have your thoughts right on the air uh, in our MailPod segment, like all the fine folks did this week, you can, of course, write into me at PeteAtLoopPots.com. Come join our Discord, become a part of our ever-growing community, get your thoughts in, or jump over and follow us at LootPots over on Twitter and jump on our weekly question thread over there and uh, get your thoughts in and make sure that I have things to talk about on the show because whew, this year, you guys have been keeping us afloat. Really appreciate it. So uh, if you're a regular writer, we love to hear from you. If you've never written in before but you've been listening, I challenge you to write in for next week's show because we always love to hear some new voices. And if you want to get some more content from us, of course, you can head over to LootPots.com, our home base for all things that we do. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitch. Anywhere you get your video game content, you know we're there talking about Nintendo. And of course, last but not least, if you want to go above and beyond to support the show or just to get a little bit of extra Loot Pots in your life every week, you can, of course, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Loot where if you support us at the $1 level, you'll get access to our exclusive show, After Dark, where we get to talk about things that aren't related to Nintendo. Last week... We talked all about next-gen hype, uh, my PlayStation 5 pre-order debacle and all that. Uh, This week, we're going to be talking about Xbox's acquisition of Bethesda, arguably the biggest video game news in the world that we can't talk about on this show. So if you want to hear our thoughts on that and a bunch of other stuff, you know, just what's going on in our lives, all kinds of things, uh, it's a great way to get a little bit of extra time with me and Steve every week and also help us keep the mics on. So I hope you'll go check it out. All right. So that's that's enough of that for now. Let's let's hop into what we've been playing this week. I'm going to just get this right out in the open. Uh, I said last week I was going to play some Galaxy and come with impressions. Yeah. I was all about jumping more back into 64 now that I was able to, you know, talk about Sunshine already. I'm going to be honest with you. I did neither of those things <laughs> because I I started playing Persona again because I was playing I was playing 64 um, after we recorded last week, actually. And I got tired, and I started realizing that, like, my, my chops weren't working because it's a platformer and, like, not a game to play when you're tired, really. Oh, nah, absolutely not. So I was like, all right, I'm going to jump into Persona. And then I finished the, like, last palace and was, like, at the end of the game and was like, well, okay, now i got to finish the game. And then now I'm into the 
the royal Epilogue? content. Oh. The, yeah, the the third semester stuff, which is like its own, you know, um, extra little bit of, of story and everything. So I officially am at 100 and f- I want to say 15 hours or 10, 13, whatever. And I've got about two more in-game months to go. Okay. So I'm thinking it's like two, Another three 10 hours? more serious. Yeah, probably two, three more serious play yeah. sessions. I'm hoping I can finish it this week. And then have some time to just dedicate to, you know, Mario and other stuff before the next gen. But yeah, it uh, it's it's at the point now where I really have to prioritize it because you know we're 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 fast approaching the point where there's going to be new hardware, there's going to be new games, and I'm just you know I I want to make sure that I I'm so close to the end now. I want to finish it while it's so. This still... is going to be the closing chapter for PS4, and then that thing just gets put away. Probably never see the light of day again. Well, I mean, it'll become probably. It'll be I on display. I think what I'll probably end up doing is either moving it up into my bedroom and boxing up my original PS4, uh, and then just you know making it my upstairs Netflix machine, <laughs> or um, okay. Or I'll do like what you said, and I'll, I'll display it like hanging on the wall or something. Yeah, it would look so good. Such a cool, cool display. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, it'll 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 live on in in one way or another for sure. But that's that's it. You know, I I'm I'm uh, coming to a close of my time with Persona, and I am. It's bittersweet, you know. Like I I am sad by the prospect of it being over, but. Like, 20-ish hours ago, I was very much considering doing a New Game Plus run and, like, just oh trying gosh. to get through it quickly. Um, because I think you can do a New Game Plus run in, like, probably about a third of the time, you know, if you're not, like, you know, if you know what you're doing and you're not being as meticulous or whatever. But now that I am over, like, this far over 100 hours and I know I have, like, another 10 hours to go, I, I think I'm, like, I'm going to be done with it when it's when it's over and I'll, I'll be ready to, like, say goodbye to it um, because I'm definitely still enjoying it and I'm, you know, I'm still uh, in 100%, but I, I feel myself being ready to wind down with it as it winds down, you know, because I feel like I got, I've got, I've gotten some closure and, you know, I think I'm, I'm kind of ready to, 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 to say goodbye for now because like this game was like so associated with this year for me because I've been playing it like over the course of yeah. the year and the timeline has like lined up surprise like you know I was like it was September when I was playing it in September and that kind of thing and the the ways I took breaks made it um uh, a real everlasting gobstopper for me this year and uh I'm I think I'm ready to put it in the rear view with 2020 as as we go to the end here so uh, it's actually on sale right now, so I'm just gonna appeal against again once more to the listeners. If you've heard me talk about it all year, off and on, and how it's really a special game, and uh, I think if you are on the fence about it, um, definitely consider giving Royal a shot. Don't play the original though. Get Royal. I hard hard. Yeah, there's no point opinion. getting the original at this point, unless you get in a PS5 and then you can just play it in that PS Plus collection. I, on day I, one. I would. I would still say you should pay the money to play Royal rather than... Is it the original that's in that, not Royal, then? It is, unfortunately. Okay, right. But, uh, yeah, what a hell of a game. Hell of a game. Can't wait for the spoiler cast. So, Steve, you've been a good little Nintendo fan. I have. actually played Mario this week. I I did my homework (laughs) this week. 
Yeah, I saw I saw you tweeting about Sunshine. The thing about Yoshi's disgusting puke projectiles. It's vile. Like, I went. To, I got. So I, I I had to Google how to get Yoshi. I was like ground pounding on him. I was like picking him up. I couldn't remember that you had to like take the fruit over to him, and then he just unlocks. It's so um, fucking annoying. But then then you jump on it, and I swear it's a picture of a stomach in the bottom right that says juice on it. Oh yeah, and, I do and, remember that. And as you as you pull oh. on the trigger, his stomach goes like the acid from his stomach goes down, and it's like being projectiled out of his mouth. It's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in a Nintendo game. Yeah, thanks, sunshine. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm I've now collected thirty-two shines in that game. I'm having an absolute blast with it. I don't agree with anyone that says flood's boring i've now unlocked all three of the additional nozzles that you can get um but i do get what your comment was last week about our delfino just eventually overstays its welcome every island is looking very familiar and very similar there isn't a lot of differentiality between it um the only thing i guess they use is the time of day to maybe change the colors a little bit and try and reflect different things. And some of the levels, the levels I hate the most are the ones where you're just cleaning up. They're so boring. Like there's one I'm doing at the moment where I've just got to just clean it, all this goop up to get rid of the electric. It's like electric goop and you're cleaning it up or whatever. It's just dull. Why would I, why would I want to do that? Yeah. I mean, that is one of my big critiques of it, you know, like aside from the, the point you just made about like kind of the limited, environment palette um it's also that and i mean like i don't know i think that that's kind of a point in in the favor of the thing you just said you didn't get where you're saying like i don't understand why people would say that the flood is boring i feel like it's not that it's boring it's that it's an over-reliance on a gimmick and i think that the gimmick when it works it works but when it doesn't it really doesn't and like i think the go around and clean up the ground it's not fun you know, and, like, I, I think, um, you know, and whatever, call me, like, a Mario 64 stan if you want. But I think that you look at Mario 64, and I think that the introduction of that game where, like, the intent behind the design choice of just opening up in the field is to have you, like, run around and understand how Mario moves. I think it's way more fun to control Mario in 64 than it is in Sunshine. And I think that that's a problem. Because I think that, like, the fundamental thing that makes a 3D Mario game work is that controlling Mario is just fun. And it just feels fun to do. In the same way that, like, swinging around in Spider-Man feels good, right? And that's one of the reasons that that game was so satisfying, I think, is that even the mundane stuff feels good and feels tight and feels like there's thought behind it. And I don't think that there's not thought behind the flood. I think that the thought is very clearly that they wanted to make Mario more accessible and that make, like, the skill ceiling less of a gap for people that are, you know, uh, just not, you know, super good at 3D platformers. And that's fine, but I think that that works in regards to the platforming. It's not a fun gameplay mechanic to just, like, stand and spray water. And, like, it doesn't feel good enough to be fun, you know, because it's clunky. And it was clunky on the GameCube until arguably a little clunkier on the Switch. If you've played yeah, the original you the because you have that muscle memory. Trigger. Yeah, right. And the trigger thing, like, all of that makes it so that it, it feels just, like, a little bit, like, oh, it's kind of cumbersome. Like, I, I know what I want to do, and it's not easy to do it all the time. 
you know? And, like, I think that that's kind of, like, what makes Mario good is that it's not like that. Is that, you know, like, I remember the, like, the first time you, I played Odyssey, right? It's like, oh, I want to do this. This is probably how I do it. And it just does it. And it just feels yeah, good. You I, know? I, yeah, I get that. But I, I aside from the cleaning up stuff, I do find the levels fun and enjoyable, and there is quite a lot of exploration. And when you go back to them, they they do totally change, like they did in '64, and it does yeah. feel like a totally different level. And there is it definitely quite does a, lot- a good job of rewarding you for exploration. Yeah, definitely. The blue coins system, for example, I, I love that. And I've been going around Al Dolfino just finding all of those coins. Now I've got Yoshi, I can go and get to some of the areas I couldn't do before. Couldn't do before. Same with the like um, the the triple dash or super dash or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that I've got that, I can go out to the further out islands that I couldn't access before. Same with the jetpack. Now you can get to higher areas. Uh, and when you get to 30 stars, they just give you all of that stuff. Um, and that which is, which I really like. Like I, I like that aspect of Sunshine a lot. The fact that it feels like there's a meaningful progression of like Mario's abilities that allows you to explore like the hub world more. Like I think that that's really cool. And I, I it's an idea that ultimately I think the problem with Mario Sunshine is that it's just like half baked. You know, like it's it's a game that like famous famously shipped early um, because they wanted it out and it was supposed to have more dev time and didn't. And there were levels that got cut and there are levels that are not like totally complete. You know, like they're I think the game has like pacing problems, you know, where like there are parts that feel great. And then there are part like I don't know if you've gotten there yet. I, I, I don't remember where it is in the context of the game, but there's like this one thing I remember having to do where like you have to like get a Yoshi egg and like ride a boat. And, like, you're just sitting on a boat as it slowly moves through a harbor and you're not doing anything. And if you fall off, I don't like you don't make the jump, a... you lose the egg and you have to go all uh, the way back and start it over. I haven't, and... I haven't done that with the Yoshi egg, but I've done it with a piece of fruit, which was that fr- might be what equally I'm frustrating to try and get a piece of fruit for someone, which was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I, can, I get that. And it's, it's just it's not then- fun. I've also found it quite frustrating, but I think this is just a mechanic of its time, that when you you fall off of somewhere it's very difficult to get back to where you were at times mm. like you have to go all the way back to the beginning climb all the way back up to where you were to try and do that jump again whereas in odyssey if you fell off somewhere there was usually a shortcut back to where you were or if you died they just put you back where where you were and they took some coins away it kind of got rid of mario's one up life system which ultimately sunshine doesn't really utilize anyway you can lose all your one ups you you get a game over you click continue and you're back in old delphi you know really, exactly uh, where you left off and it's kind of just pointless it only really matters in the levels where you don't have the flood because that's like a huge pain in the ass. I, I yes. know we were talking about those last week, but like I had that experience where I was doing one and I kept dying, and it was like it kicks you out, and you have to go back in the level You're all the way and then back go to the through beginning. the and then go through the animation of coming mm-hmm. of of the game over, reloading, coming back in, going into the level, w- running all the way back to where it was, going through the animation of him taking flood. It's like, dude. This is like two or three minutes of me getting back to where I was just so I can die three times and do it again. You know, like, come on. <laughs> Absolutely pointless. I don't, I don't understand it. Um, but that's that's where I am with Sunshine. I'm, I'm really enjoying the game. I'm going to persist with that 
one, I think. But I did also go play a little bit of Galaxy in handheld. So last week, I told you I played a little bit in uh, docked mode with the Pro Controller. In handheld, uh, I'm actually finding it a lot easier because the movement's pretty much just with the left stick. The right stick doesn't really do anything. You can slightly manipulate the camera in that game, but not a lot because it was designed for a, a Wii remote and a nunchuck. Um, so the other the other th- thumb I'm just using to touch the, the gems or, or the star shards I want to pick up from uh, around the, the galaxies I'm in. And it's a lot easier than it was with the Pro Controller where you had to constantly recenter it with the right bumper and uh, you would then just shake the thing, which just didn't, it didn't feel great. It wasn't a good experience, yeah. uh, which is the best they could do with the Pro Controller. And I'm glad they kept the support for that in rather than just saying, no, you have to play it with two Joy-Cons. Um, but I would recommend if you're struggling with the motion controls, just play it in handheld. They've mapped the shake mechanic to the Y button, so you don't have to have to shake the uh, the. Can you do that on the Pro Controller too, though? You you can, but you still have to shake it to move the star around the screen to collect the star fragments. I see. Okay. But you still, if you really struggle with motion controls, the only the only real solution is to play in handheld and use the touch screen, uh, which is which is a good enough solution for me. I am really glad that Nintendo is moving away from gimmicky control schemes. It's, like, really frustrating that, like, there's a whole generation of games that, like, if we ever want to port them or play them or enjoy them, that it's, like, you have to, like, fight the control scheme. Yeah. You know? It's, like, come on, dude. Like, it was a fun idea, but, like, they really, like, should not have forced it into traditional games. I don't think that, like, Mario and Zelda and all those things needed motion controls. Twilight Princess certainly didn't. The GameCube version was absolutely fine, as it was. better. Yeah. Um, Even though I just don't really like that game. But anyway, uh, before we jump into the news, I've got a little question from the old question block. Yes, that's (laughs) right. The question block, where I head to a Nintendo subreddit and find a random-ass question for us to answer. So, I thought this was a fun one. Uh, we've got a light week, so we've got room for it. I, and I thought this was this was an interesting question. This one comes from Sexy Elf seventy seven. Didn't read the username until right now, but okay. Thanks, Sexy Elf. Uh, we always talk about Nintendo's greatest hits. What were Nintendo's worst games and business decisions? Okay. So worst games, I feel like, is uh, probably a, a more subjective. Thing. Yeah, I that's think the worst business one... things are very easy to, to identify. Well, the the one game that I think springs to mind for everyone and is kind of just a, a punchline is uh, Amiibo Festival because oh. that game is just bad. And I don't mm. think that anyone can say otherwise that, <laughs> that that's a good game. Yeah. Um, so I would say that's probably their worst game. But I can't, having never played it, I would imagine the Virtual Boy games aren't great because they didn't really last well. And I think you could probably pin that in with a bad business decision oh, as yeah. well. I, I think that's probably the most famous bad decision, right? Because... Well, that as, or the PlayStation. The yeah, down that's, of that's a really good contender, actually. Okay, so I would say it's probably number one is the is the Sony PlayStation thing. So if you're not aware, really fascinating little piece of games history is that uh, the PlayStation was originally supposed to be an add-on for the the Super Nintendo, I believe it was, um, and it was gonna bring like disc-based gaming to the Super Nintendo, and. 
kind of at the like the last minute, Nintendo like pulled out of the deal and like really just like fucked Sony and went and made a deal with Philips. That yeah, the is CDI. how we got the bad CDI games. The okay, Zelda well, they've sh- got a, Do they count as bad Nintendo games? The Hotel Mario port that, I, to I, Philips I would say CDI. That, those aren't really Nintendo games, but I'd say they all count in terms of the like bad decision. Yeah, and if you want to count those as bad games that spun out of that, fine, whatever. Um, clearly, the worst examples of like things that bear the Nintendo IP to ever exist and make it to market are those. And then, let alone the fact that by you know fucking Sony and like embarrassing them. Basically, because the thing was that, like, PlayStation had, like, announced it. They had, like, gone to a trade show with it and everything. And then, like, Nintendo just dropped them. So, the I forget the guy's name, but the chief architect of the PlayStation basically went to Sony and was like, yo, we should make our own console. We want, We should stick it to them because they've embarrassed us. And, like, we have this tech and it's better than theirs and blah, blah, blah. And guess what they did? They created their biggest competitor. And the company that to this day dominates the market almost every generation. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine if that if that had never happened? If Sony PlayStation was like a con- not the same company, but like if they had worked together forever moving forward, like oh, I think ultimately they would have become the same company. Like, I don't know. Either because, it like- spins out and becomes another company in itself, but I think the Nintendo brand. I think I, I don't know. You don't know. You really it's, don't know how it would have how it would have played. It's out. so hard to say because like the original PlayStation generation was so defining for who they became. You know, in terms of like uh, giving everybody like dollar publishing rights to just get their games on, being the only game in town to be able to have discs, like uh, making companies like Square, who had like historically been with Nintendo, jump ship, like all that stuff, like. It's it's crazy to think about. So I think that's inarguably their worst decision, the biggest mistake they've ever made, for sure. Um, but then I think close second would be Virtual Boy because that's yeah. the only console they've ever made that was just straight up a flop. Like the Wii U was a failure, but like the vi- the Virtual Boy was like a catastrophic failure. Um, to the point where they like basically shamed Gunpai Yokoi into like taking it to shitty tech shows and shilling it even though no one was buying it until he died which is like that's a huge mistake too one of the most brilliant people that ever worked at Nintendo and they defined him by his one mistake but okay uh and then I think the obvious like third choice in my mind is just the the handling of the Wii U it's like, the Wii U marketing like I was watching some Digital Foundry videos, and they they've been doing this these series of um, looking back at like the old E3s and how they were announced and stuff. Uh-huh. And so they did one for the Xbox One and how it was all TV, 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 TV. Um, yeah. but it's they, the box in your living room. Yeah, but they said the but the Wii U was also that way. It had that dedicated TV button on the uh, yeah, the Wii did. U pad, and it was and it was like a, a universal remote. Yeah, it's so bizarre. Like, all of that marketing around it and everyone thinking, oh, it's an add-on for the Wii because we'd already seen a bazillion plastic add-ons for the Wii. The, why would the Wii U not be another add-on? But it, no, it's actually a new console. And it made no sense. It did not land at all. No. Uh, and, and I, I, I mean, ultimately think no one wants to just look at a blurry screen when they've got a nice HDTV set in front of them. 
Well, Which, and I think it was like a, a myriad of things, though, because like the marketing was bad. That's true. Like the fact that people thought it was an add-on, that they continued the Wii U branding in a way that was confusing, like all of that, I think, was problematic enough. But I also just think that the inherent concept of the console was bad. Like the tablet was not a good idea. It was a very reactionary thing of tablets are hot. That's what people it want. It was all Kids mobile gaming, tablets. and everyone's looking at tablets, and mobile gaming is going to destroy the console market. And it's n- no, it never went out that way. But a, Microsoft was B, in on that B. as well. With do you remember Smart Glass for the Xbox 360? Yeah, and right. You could, like connect your Windows tablet. But they didn't base their whole console around it, right? No. And that's the thing is like I think that's the problem is that like like you look at the Wii, right? And the Wii was a we're, we are setting the cadence. We are saying that this is the new thing and this is the hot thing and you're going to love this. Whereas the Wii U is them reacting to things in the market that I don't feel like they really understood. And we're, and I, I think it was very much like a cart before the horse of, okay, the new thing's a tablet. We'll figure out how to use it later. Whereas like with the Wii, day one, you had the killer app. You had Wii Sports. And it's like, oh, I get why this is cool. Yeah, I get why I want to invite people over and play this. Because it was fun, and it made sense. And it well, was and the, thing- and the Switch as well, you know exactly why it's cool. It's, oh, yeah. I can take this game with me. And that first reveal where he, he, he's playing Zelda on the TV, he walks over to the TV, he takes Zelda out, and he pops in his bag, that and he goes with That blew my fucking mind, you know? <laughs> I remember being like, there's no way it'll be that fast. Like, that's incredible. And then you get it in your hands, and you're like, wow, it's that easy. Yeah. And, and the Wii U was nothing like that, right? And it was also like, when it launched, it was pretty expensive like compared Never to what the did other... it ever have a price drop i don't think it ever had a price drop i don't know that it did but it was like a hundred dollars less than the playstation 4 which like and then the playstation 4 ultimately reached the same price point and, it's, mm-hmm. and if you're looking for a new console well which one am i buying the one with all of all of the call of duty and fifa games or the one with like nothing oh it's and got also, zombie U. right yeah and then like also i think that you know there the there was no 3d mario you know, Breath of the Wild came at the end of the generation. And I also think that uh, just like from a design perspective, I think it's the worst console they've ever made in terms of like, I don't, I don't like the way it looks like it's it's a glossy black plastic, cheap, glossy black plastic. The, the, the game pad looked like a fucking uh, like, like tights, you know, like baby's <laughs> first. first tablet. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, like I, I can't think of the brand that I'm thinking Fisher of. Fisher Price. Fisher Price. Yeah, it looked like, like a Fisher Price toy, and it was like this gross, glossy. Your fingerprints, and you know, and like, and, and like the controller was boring as fuck looking, and like the the where the sticks were was dumb. Like, I just, I just think like top to bottom, the thing was not appealing. And, like, I bought one and wanted to support it and wanted to believe in it. And, like, they – they let's just say I'm really glad that the Switch came together and is as good as it is because I think otherwise Nintendo would be dead. Because then the Nintendo like, would have gone the way of Sega. They'd have just been a publisher. Yeah. And it would have been, like, yeah. remember when? Um, yeah, I wish it would have been a shame. And yeah. I was I was saying that at the time. I was just like, seriously, Nintendo, just go put, third party. Just put it on the PS4 or the Xbox. It would look so good over there. There's no need to just persist with the Wii U at this point. But they came out with the Switch, and I, I'll eat my words because oh, I happily. love that console. 
happily eat my words because that's the thing is i i was with you there where i was like dude like just focus on games you guys make good software your hardware game is weak now though like nobody wants this like kitty shit you know like and that's the switch is perfect because you look at the switch and it looks like a modern piece of tech it's got this nice matte finish it's kid friendly but it also looks like something that an adult would own like it's perfect it's the perfect like it's the perfect compromise honestly between the two versions of nintendo that exist you know like where they are family friendly they are the the you know the brand that i think you trust and great but that doesn't mean you have to make this like weird gimmicky garbage you know whereas like you look at the switch and yeah it's it's a gimmick but it's a gimmick that's wonderful you know in the same way that i think motion controls were novel and wonderful for a time until we were sick of them yeah I was so sick of motion controls by the time that generation ended. Everyone yeah. got on it. PlayStation Move, here's Connect. It's just like, oh my god. And none of none of them were as good as the Wii, and the Wii yeah. had run out of meaningful ideas to use the motion controls within like a few years, honestly. And like the way that it bled into I, so that this is another one of their bad decisions that I'll call out is the fact that they forced motion controls and the usage of the Wiimote into every game because like there are so many ga- like city folk i couldn't play because i did not want to use a fucking wiimote where it's like i'm literally holding a remote out and aiming and it's like a point and click it's like no i don't want to do this i want to use a fucking controller you know like i'm not and skyward sort of the same way it's like i don't want to play a game like this like this is nobody wants to play video games like this you know it's like it's fine for an arcade experience it's not fine for a 60 hour or infinite hour actual traditional video game you know like and i think they've they've figured out the way to like court both of those markets because they're doing weird gimmicky shit this generation and it sells and they're doing normal traditional stuff and it's doing really well so i I, yeah in in terms of software i we could sit and name games we don't like all day but i don't i don't think that's as interesting so we'll cap it there uh, if you if if you listeners want to let us know what your picks are, right in. We've got some follow ups from last week that I'm going to address, so maybe that'll be a thing we do. So if you've got any ideas for what you think the biggest fails were on Nintendo's part, uh, let us know. All right, so jumping in the news, Super Mario 3D All Stars. Uh, we got an update on its stats this week in terms of just like how it's sold and you know like what what the overall kind of impact of it has been as a piece of software, and it's unsurprisingly. Uh, sold really, really well. Uh, so in the this comes from uh, Christopher Drain over at GamesIndustry.biz, who said, In the UK, Super Mario 3D All-Stars is the 15th biggest Nintendo game launch of all time. It's the second biggest Mario platformer launch behind Odyssey, which was narrowly bigger, um, and is the 14th biggest Nintendo launch of all time. So just edged out by the newest, uh, yeah. the newest one. And then uh, one of the other stats was that it's the third biggest game launch of the year behind The Last of Us and Animal Crossing. That's, again, in the UK. Um, but there's also some other anecdotes. Like, it was similarly – I think it's the, the the third biggest game behind those two in a few other key regions as well. I think it's that way in the States. Um, it's crazy to me. Like, these are games that everyone has played. Oh, well, yeah. Like, I, say, I say that, but um, – Not the youngins, but – yeah. People are age and older. It's 100% a nostalgia drive. But I also wonder how much of this is driven by the fake availability or or lack of availability. That's definitely a factor. And, like, we talked about it when that news came out. 
it is what it is, right? Like, it, I, I'm, I don't like that, but collectibles sell and artificial scarcity works. And Nintendo yeah. has shown time and time again that they believe in that strategy. And it's how they made Amiibos a thing. It's how they made the NES <laughs> and SNES classics a thing. Even though, guess what? Every other publisher, and granted, it's not the same with Nintendo because Nintendo has nostalgia. They have an IP library that other people really can't match. But that said, how many other Toys to Life and mini consoles have there been and are there on the market that have never sold the way that Nintendo? Oh, they just look at the PlayStation Classic. It's granted, no way. That was one hundred percent reactionary, and it did have a really terrible emulator. And the games collection, at least in the UK, was dreadful. And it was way overpriced. It was like a hundred dollars. Um, and I bought it for like ten dollars. It's behind. I got mine for. I got mine for ten pounds as well. I held out. I almost got it at thirty bucks, and I was like, ah, I'll get it for cheaper. No one wants I, it. I, and I, I, I'm absolutely going to hack that thing at some point. Same. But it's... the, the Anyway, just the fact that that PlayStation console doesn't have things like Crash Bandicoot on to, for, to me is... So that was their mascot. Imagine if Nintendo launched the NES Classic and didn't have any Mario games on it. Nah, it just it wouldn't have happened. Yeah, so, you know, I think... I'm not surprised by that. You know, I'm not surprised. I, artificial scarcity works, right? Like, I bought two copies of it. I'll admit that. Guess Did why? You really? Yeah. Because of that. Because it's limited. And because yeah. I wanted one to play, and I want one in the shrink wrap that I can put on the wall and be like, look, I have the thing. And mm. arguably, I will probably sell it at some point. When it's marked up crazy high and everybody wants one, I'll sell it and use that money to buy something else, you know? And, like, I didn't, like, do it with that express intent. But knowing that it will probably go through that, it's like, yeah, well, why not, right? Or if one of my friends misses out on one and I want to give them a really sick gift, I've got one in the back pocket. Like, yeah. it was one of those things where I got my first one at Best Buy, and when it went up on Amazon, I was like, ah, I might as well, right? Even if I don't keep it, I could sell it for more than I spent on it. Fine. I'd love to know how many copies they've printed in the end. But you'll never, we'll never find out. I also, I, I also wholeheartedly believe... I won't say wholeheartedly believe. I think there's a non-zero chance and a pretty significant non-zero chance that they print it again at some point. In the same oh, way I, that I really don't think they're going to print it again. I think I it will. I think they'll sell them separately if they do anything. Maybe that's the. Either way, I think these will be available in another point because. Yeah. Look at all the other um, limited scarcity examples we just brought up. Every single one of the things got reprinted, right? Like, but I don't oh, think they like, ever said for any of them is going away and we're not going to sell it again at, if they, you don't buy it by this point you will not be able to get it i don't think they ever did that with any of the other ones not in the same explicit way but they did say that they would be limited in terms yeah. of um like the like the the minis were that way you know it was like oh like they're limited supply if you want one get one and like we will we might do another round or we will do another round later but like this is when you can get it and that's it and I don't know. I, seeing how well this sold, I have a really hard time believing that they're going to just leave the money on the table for anyone who didn't get it right now. I think they put it this way so that there would be a huge surge of sales before their their next quarter, and they can be like, look at what a successful year we had between Animal Crossing and Mario. Even though it was a slow year for them and stuff probably got pushed and blah, 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 blah. It's been a hugely successful financial year, and that's what they care about. So, like... I totally I just think, think you'll piss off so many fans, though. 
with that explicit wording of it's only going to be on sale until the 31st of March. So then, but then if, if they do what you said and they just put them out like piecemeal or something, it's like, I okay. think that's fine to pop them on the eShop and you do it as we're releasing a GameCube collection on the eShop and here, here's Luigi's Mansion and here's yeah, I guess uh, Mario do Kart Double Dash. And, you know. I, also, I also think that there's totally an opportunity for them to just be like, you know what? We, because that's the thing, right? They they could piss people off, but if they're smart about their PR, they can also do the classic move of, you know what? We've heard your feedback. You want 3D All Stars to be available forever, so it's back. Now you can just get yeah, it. Yeah, like, I can see that. And then too. everyone's gonna be like, oh my god, good guy Nintendo. It's the whole Coke classic thing. Mm-hmm. Take it away. Everyone misses it. Bring it back. The yeah. Disney Vault. You know, it's oh, like it's a proven Disney strategy, boat. man. It's marketing. It's it's good marketing, and it might be predatory and it might piss us off, but like, guess what? We all fucking bought it, so they got what they wanted. That Disney vote is the reason I had so many pirated Disney movies as a kid, though. So yeah, jokes on them. It's true. It's true. It can, it can <laughs> swing the other way. So uh, we have a follow-up story a little bit, uh, or a story that's a bit of a follow-up from last week, I should say. Uh, Bravely Default Two has been rated by the Australian Classification Board, which is interesting because in our 3DS moratorium last week, uh, we were we were discussing Bravely Default and, you know, kind of what we thought the timeline for it might be. And Yeah, you, and th- you said you thought Bravely Default was one of your favorite games for the 3DS. And yes. I said, oh, we haven't heard anything about Bravely Default 2. We had the demo and it was listed still as being released on, released in 2020. And then now it's received a rating on September 22nd, so seemingly it's on the way. Which is really weird. I don't know. It's possible. It's possible it could still come out this year, but I have such a hard time believing that. It we definitely could if they yet? went digital only. Yeah, maybe, but are And they, they do a partner broadcast, and it's like, now Bravely Default's available after the show. It's possible. I don't know, though. I mean, I guess they could always put it out and then have a physical version come later. Didn't that yeah, I can see that too. Yeah, or no, Octopath that... had a physical day one. Well, Octopath was published by Nintendo, though. I think this one's published That's true. by Square. It is. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird one. I... <sighs> if it's coming out this year, I'm not against that. I just hope it's good, because obviously there was like a little bit of... I don't know, uncertainty around the demo and that it was kind of a little bit, mm, so I don't, I don't know. I, I don't want it to come out this year because I think it coming out next year bodes better for it being better and being fixed, but yeah, it's hard to say. But we're also in a year where everyone's complaining there's no games for the Nintendo Switch, so this could also be a good year for sales. I guess, but like, there's also the argument that we have, like, new consoles on the market and everything, and, like, do you really want to put this game out if it's, like, half-baked to fight against PlayStation 5 and Xbox and Miles Morales and Game Pass? And maybe they're not thinking of it that way, but I don't know. It, 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 feels, it feels like a weird time for it to come out in my mind. I'm open to it. I hope I hope that if it does, that uh, they were able to kind of respond to some of that that feedback and 
you know, and like get us get us to where it needs to be. So next up, we had a uh, a pretty interesting little little event happen where Nintendo accidentally like leaked their own game. Uh, so Kirby Fighters Two uh, started making the rounds. What I don't know. I guess on it's like on Monday or Tuesday of last week at some point. Yeah, or this week it's all bleeding it, it, together. It now. showed up uh, on the eShop as like a pic. There was a picture of it. And then it disappeared. And then today, they just randomly were like, Hey, Super uh, Kirby Fires 2 is out. It's out. I'm going to go buy it. <laughs> and uh, so it's available now. Uh, you can pick it up for, what is it? Uh, I'm trying to find the price. Uh, 18 bucks? 18 pounds, it looks like. I don't know what that means in American dollars. but I think that's $20. Probably about the same, yeah. Um so I am not really familiar with Kirby Fighters. Like, I know that it exists, and I remember it being the thing where there's, like, all the different Kirby powers, and it's, like, a fighter slash, like, minigame thing. It was on the 3DS originally, right? I believe so, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, to me, looking at the footage, it looks as if you took Smash and you just made everyone a Kirby. Yeah. Which I don't... Uh, it's, like, not super appealing, um, I gotta say, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't want to like be negative about it before I even like touch it. But like, that is kind of the vibe I get from it, and I don't feel like I need that. And I also really want them to make like a a new Kirby game that feels more substantial. Just because, like, I don't know. Like, I I really really like. Kirby, but I I get frustrated by it because it, it's just like stupid easy, and it's always been easy, and I don't yeah. mind it being easy. But I feel like the old game's aesthetic spoke to me more, you know, and and maybe that's because I like chip tune and I like pixel art, so like those games worked for me, and like Kirby's Epic Yarn was like a very stylish game. But like I look at like the the one that came out on Switch, I think it was Star Allies or. It just oh. looks generic. Yeah. When you look at it. Whereas, whereas you see what they do with the the Yoshi games, which I also think are ridiculous easy, and I will never play them for that very same reason. But they, they always do something new, and it's charming, and it's got that cutesy kind of crafty look to it. And and um, extra epic gone and uh, looked great. But like you say, some of the other ones have just seemed a little bit st- generic looking. It's kind but of lazy, you know? To, I mean, to add to your point, though, it did come out on the DS. It was in a uh, set, um, a game called Kirby Triple Deluxe, and it was one of the sub-games in there, Kirby Fighters. okay. And then they later they later released that on the eShop as uh, Kirby Fighters Deluxe. Okay. So you could buy it separately if you wanted. Thank you for clarifying there. And there is a, a, a little bit, speaking of Star Allies, uh, if you have a save from Star Allies or Kirby Clash, which is that free-to-play game that they put out like a year or so ago, two years ago, I don't know, um, you can get unique costumes and some additional unlockables, which is cool. So I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's not that this is like not good news. It's just not the news that I want as a Kirby fan. So I, I feel like a little bit, I don't know. But the news you want as a Kirby fan is never going to happen, which is an old school 
Kirby game that actually has a little bit of difficulty to it. Yeah. They've moved away from that. Which is a bummer. Because I don't need it to be hard. Like, that's not the point. But, I don't know, I just want something that feels, like, more... I just always loved Kirby as a concept, though. And My and thing is... Th- sorry, go ahead, go ahead. And, and, not, and not having anything that's, that's at a scale that an adult could enjoy as well as a kid, I think it's disappointing because it is such a fun concept of, oh, you copy this person, you eat them, and you essentially become them, which is, which is always fun when you see it happen in Smash. Yeah, and I don't know, like, I don't know that the game I want is impossible. Because, like, I feel like they had better Kirby games on the 3DS. Like, um, I didn't play a lot of it, but the the Roboto one, I think, was the last 3DS game. And I, I thought that game was fun for what I played. It was like a game that a friend had that, like, he let me play while we were, like, hanging out, you know? So, like, I only got, you know, a certain amount of worlds into it, but... It felt like what I was looking for. I was like, oh, it's cool. This has like a novel idea and like it's doing something cool and it's it's charming. And I think that's all a Kirby game really needs to be. And I don't, I don't know, like the Star Allies thing, it was just like, oh, like you can get backup and have NPCs to help you fight. And it's like, I don't need to be helped to fight. It's already baby town frolics easy. Like, I wish you know, there was an option. Just play in normal mode. Let me just get on with it. Or have that assisted mode because at least Yoshi does have that. You can yeah. play in normal mode where you've got to do it all, and it is still ridiculously easy. But there's also then that assisted mode that lets that helps you out and does things. And maybe they'll do that for the next proper Kirby game because I get the feeling that Star Allies was probably planned for a different console before it moved over, which probably leads into what uh, Trendy Brandy was writing in about. Yeah, so let's let's talk about that. So uh, Trendy Brandy wrote in to the show and said, Kirby Fighters 2 runs at 60 FPS as opposed to Kirby, Super Kirby Clash and Kirby Star Allies 30 FPS. Do you think HAL has been working on optimizing their engines for the next Switch Kirby? And what year do you think we could see the next Kirby game releasing? P.S. Staff Kirby main for life. <laughs> it's the uh, only, it's the the only... It's the only character I can play in uh, Smash. It's Kirby. <laughs> well, no, he's saying in Fighters, specifically the staff Kirby is his main. Oh, okay. So he's like, he's a real Kirby Big Fighters fires, fan. yeah. It's a real stand. So that's pretty good. Um, I... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, uh, I, I, I feel like it's got to be imminent-ish. Because, again, it's been a while since Star Allies, and if we do uh, concede your theory there, Steve, that it was intended as, a, as a, a game on another platform or something, or even if it wasn't, right? Like, it was like two years ago at this point. Like, the idea of another Kirby being in development doesn't seem crazy. But I also, I guess I wonder, like, did this game come about because they're working, they were working on that engine and they have a new Kirby engine and they're working on a new game and this was something that they were able to get out kind of in the interim in the same way that they were able to get the, the free-to-play game out, you know, like, it's weird because, like, I feel like it's been a while since we've got a Kirby, but we've also gotten two non-main entry Kirby titles now in the last, like, two years. So, I think it's, I think it's a, I think it's, like, equally likely that it could come next year or it could be, like, two years away. You know, like, it could be a whole dev cycle away, but the dev cycle in a Kirby game is not as much as, like, a lot of other titles, right? No, uh, it's not like they're making the next Mario Odyssey, for example. Or even, like, the next Donkey Kong Country, Mm -hmm. you know, which is, like, there's there's more that goes into that, I think. Um, 
So that, that, that would be my guess is I think, will we see another one on the Switch? Yeah. Is there, uh, do I think they're probably working on a new engine and everything? Yeah, for sure. It's just a matter of where does that fit in? And, and what does this release mean? Is this to satiate us till the next Kirby or is this they see this as the next Kirby for now? Remains to be seen. All right, so uh, let's let's keep it rolling with the mail pod here. We've got a follow-up from last week. This one comes from uh, Affy Lockhart on Twitter who wrote in again. I asked Affy uh, to write in after the last show. They had asked about underrated 3DS games, and we couldn't really come up with too many that we felt super confident about, so I asked them to follow up with theirs. And uh, Affy said, okay, I'm coming back to this like you asked. Main underrated game for me is Kid Icarus Uprising, also Fantasy Life, which is just absolutely amazing. Kid Icarus Uprising is one I missed out on because I didn't want to buy the extra <laughs> yeah, add-on the for one game. Pro, yeah. And I never got an updated 3DS, so I just never played it. Um, that's a game I would love to see come to Switch because I would love to get a, a shot at that game. Uh, that's a good call-out. And Fantasy Life was on every one of the lists that we were looking at while I was trying to get my memory jogged for a game. So that seems like a good pick, too. Thanks for writing what in, Abby. I appreciate it. I've never heard of Fantasy Life, but it's another one of the level 5 games. I remember someone wrote in a few weeks ago saying, when is level 5 going to make a good game again? So maybe they could bring Fantasy, Fantasy Life. Life back. Bring it back! All right. Uh, so this is another follow-up. This one's from Asobi, and this is uh, an update on the uh, the So Long Gay Bowser uh, story, I guess you could call it. And uh, Asobi clarified. I, I, I offered the reason for why it had been changed, and the, the reasoning is slightly different. So thank you, Asobi, for writing in for that correction to keep me honest here. He said, the reason they changed So Long Gay Bowser to Bubai was uh, is because in the, the Japanese version, um, his language is a little jumbled up here. I'm going to editorialize is that the japanese version uh is was because in japan bowser is actually called king koopa which i think is actually probably pretty common knowledge but i didn't think of that last week so obviously saying like so long bowser would made would make no sense because nobody knows who bowser is uh which reminds me of you remember when they had the direct where they introduced doug bowser yeah and they had to like explain that yeah. in america he's called he's bowser. also called bowser this is why this joke's funny <laughs> yeah which is so fucking hilarious <laughs> this next question comes from left eye lazy one of our patreon supporters who said relevant to the most recent episode i'm looking for a good tv game i've logged about 300 hours of jrpg hours and 100 plus action adventure looking for a game to just shut my brain off and play while i have one piece on I would say the number one game for that, in my mind, if you're looking for a game that you can, like, shut your brain off, is um, Katamari Damacy. I think Katamari Rerolled is a lovely game. I've had so much fun with it. And yeah. I think it's it's a great game to play with the sound on, because the soundtrack is great. But I also think it's just as easily a game to, like, if you're watching reruns, you're watching a show that you're not, you know, you're not totally paying attention to or whatever... Uh, it's just a it's just a gameplay game, you know. It's like it's a perfect arcadey kind of experience like that. So that would be my number one suggestion. If you're willing to be challenged a little bit more, um, I think uh, Warframe is a game I really loved and was like a perfect TV game for me because it's like a great, deep, challenging strategy RPG, but like there's no real story. And the the sound effects and and music are fine, but they're not like it's not like a game like Celeste where I'm like, don't ever fucking play that with the sound off. The soundtrack's half the game. 
Um, so like that was a perfect TV game for me as well, and definitely one of my my favorite TV games on the Switch. Your TV games are very different to mine, and I think my TV games are kind of just the one genre, like Tendon Befriend games, like Animal Crossing and Stardew Valley and Spirit Fair. I would say is a fantastic TV game. Um, there's not there uh, as as much as there is story. If you're watching something that you know. You can just like look at the screen and read it, and there's no urgency to read it. It only progresses when you click A, right. so you can like look up and then have a quick glance and read. Uh, but exploring that world and meeting the people and building up the boat and doing the upgrades, there's enough there that you could grind through if you wanted to do that kind of uh, aspect of it, or if you just want to explore, that's there too. Uh, and I would also say Breath of the Wild was a good TV game for me. The end totally. game stuff. When, yeah, when you're just checking boxes. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, I need to go find all the shrines or I need Wait to do whatever. Matt. Left Eye Lazy is Matt. I don't think yeah. you own Breath of the Wild, do you? You still haven't bought that, have you? Oh, my God. Get Breath of the Wild. Monster. Uh, I would also say pretty much any platformer. Oh yeah, Mario with. Odyssey was fantastic for TV games. Well. Totally, Mega Man Legacy Collection—that's one of my favorites. I like jammed through Mega Man Two often while I'm watching TV, just being like, "Yeah, I'll play Mega Man Two again." Or like Shovel Knight, great one. I like I'll start it up again sometimes. Like those are those are good choices. I think that's a I'm common not. thing for me going back to play games I've already played, just so my brains and my hands have something to do while I'm yeah. while I'm just relaxing. And it's um, like I'm not going to commit to this playthrough. I'm just going to do it, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And there's like tons of great classic platformers on uh, on the Switch online, you know, like um, any of the Mario games are on there. Those are all great. Donkey Kong Country, I think any of those are good good choices for that. Yeah, Country Two arrived uh, this week as well, didn't it? Uh, yeah, right. And of course, there's the the original All Stars collection that came recently. That's another great great choice. So I think any of those are are solid choices for you. Hope that helps. Uh, and the next one comes from Wakahula, who's another one of our patrons, one of our super patrons. Thank you so much, Wakahula. Who says, now that seemingly every company releases their own take on cloud gaming, would you subscribe to a Nintendo Classic service for $10 a month with games up to the GameCube generation of consoles? In a New York minute, my friend. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Immediately. I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, the idea yeah. of like – why oh yeah when we did the missed opportunities one i was like why isn't there a freaking virtual console app that has all of nintendo's games give me their entire library ten dollars a month i'd pay that i easily. honestly don't even think they need to charge ten dollars for everything they could do ten dollars and it pops in and pops out like it does on game pass and it's like this or month you get, you get ten dollars for everything yeah, but like Game Pass, for example, is $10 a month, but not everything's there all the time, like Netflix. Sometimes the studios take things away. So Nintendo could just like rotate it when it's like Mario's 35th anniversary, all the Mario games come onto uh, Virtual Console, when it's Nintendo's, or uh, when it's uh, Zelda's, all the Zelda games come on, and also that you buy them outright if you want to keep them. Yeah. I'd be fine with either of those solutions, honestly. Like, I whatever they need to do in their mind to make that an okay proposition where they're like, we're getting the appropriate amount of money for leveraging this IP. I would be willing to do it. I would, if it was complete though, I don't want it to be this like, you know, like, like BS, 
you know, we have the Super Nintendo app, but like Earthbound's not on it. It's like dude, I, th- I think it will probably on. also only be first party games. Like, that would be fine it's... for me though. If it was if it was literally the like the virtual console, Nintendo virtual console, or like, maybe they come up with a new name, but if that's what it was called, and it was exclusively the first party games that Nintendo owns, that's still a huge library. Like that would be worth it. And I would definitely spend that money if I immediately had access to like every version of Smash and like the Luigi's Mansion, Animal Crossing, and you know, there's so like that's enough. That's the that's the thing. Like, would I want other games on it? Sure, but what I care about is the Nintendo IP. That's what that's what we're really asking yeah. for. And leave it up to every other publisher to put their own legacy collections out. Fine, but Nintendo should make Nintendo games available. <laughs> Especially when I've been able to buy them on like the last three consoles, it's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. Oh, and it's irritating that they're never transferred over either. They always like just stayed where they were. I gotta say, I- I'm at the point where like that's really gonna piss me off if it's not the case next generation. You know, like they need to get their shit together. And like I- the same goes for Sony in that department, where like we haven't gotten totally clear confirmation on that. Where it's like. Xbox has had it on lock now for two generations where, like, my shit should come with me. Like, I bought it. I bought it in the Nintendo ecosystem. And it's particularly BS because my Nintendo account has moved through three console generations now. And you're telling me that you can't keep track of what I paid for? Yeah, okay. Come on. (sighs) Deep breath. Okay, so let's jump into our main topic. Uh, (laughs) The Game Awards have been announced for this year. We are going to be getting the uh, 2020 Game Awards on December 10th, which is a pretty normal window. Uh, but given the fact that this was a kind of a quieter week, I wanted to bring this up because uh, the Game Awards are one of those events that Nintendo historically has some kind of presence at, and they make some kind of announcement at. And it's ranged between like being significant and kind of insignificant. So I wanted to just bring this up and, like, kind of, you know, I don't know, like, I guess wax philosophic, do a little bit of, you know, uh, a little bit of a little bit of betting here and see what we think we might see at this thing. So, Steve, why don't you – do you do you have anything in mind? Because I was going to look up the list of previous announcements that they've made here. So the previous announcements, you have Banner 3. Which you have the Cranky Kong arrived. edition to, mm-hmm. to Tropical Freeze. Uh, and then I think last year, I don't know if they made an announcement or if it was just Reggie showing up on stage with uh, Phil Spencer and um, I can't remember the PlayStation game, uh, the PlayStation guy's oh, name. Oh, um, Jim Ryan? No, I think it's Sean. Something. Oh, Sean Layden. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I don't uh, think they, uh, they uh, made an announcement last year. I could see them doing... The Metroid Prime Trilogy at some point at the Game Awards. That would be interesting. Because we, um, I think we know it exists at this point. We just haven't seen it. But I could also see them doing something Zelda. Like we're coming up to the end of the... Um, they announced uh, Bravely Default 2 last oh, year. Oh, okay. Maybe they, maybe they just give us the, the Shadow Drop then. Under, on December 10th. I'm also wondering if there's a chance of... Oh, we had you know, the Fighters Pass thing as well. Do you remember the uh, the joke yeah, showed up? Yeah, I was about up? to say, I'm wondering if maybe uh, the confirmation of, like, 
the next Smash character could be the yeah, thing. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, I think there's also... I wouldn't say a good chance, but I wouldn't necessarily put it outside the realm of possibility for us to see, like, maybe Breath of the Wild 2 getting another teaser. Like, not like a deep dive, but like another trailer trailer. Um, again, I wouldn't bet on that, but I think I think that that's possible. Because the idea that they had a Breath of the Wild trailer at some point this year in mind doesn't seem crazy to me. So the idea of them maybe being like, they show it at the Game Awards and it comes out in March. What about then if we're saying that it's a total curveball? And they show some new hardware. I mean, we saw the Xbox Series X for the first time at the Game Awards last year. We did. Yeah, I forgot that. Could happen. It could happen. Again, I wouldn't wouldn't put your money on that, but... I wouldn't put my money on Nintendo doing anything. Like, I didn't expect to see Hyrule Warriors two weeks ago, but I did. That's... Yeah. That is one of the, like, weird wrinkles of it is that like specifically in this year it's insanely hard to predict what Nintendo is doing or what they might do so the, the idea of like making like a concrete call of what we're going to see it's like it really could range from absolutely nothing to a super middling announcement to like the craziest thing imaginable Yeah, because we didn't have E3 like we haven't had a direct in how long that's like a, a general direct like there's so many things up their sleeve that we could absolutely like throw out and it's just like i don't know i don't know dude so if you had to like really plant your flag on it what do you think we see uh i would say metroid prime trilogy and and i'm gonna say some new hardware i'm gonna you think both yeah Wow. Okay. That's interesting. But being realistic, I 100% think you'll see another fire from Smash there. Okay. So that's your safe bet and then your, like, lofty bet? My lofty bet is the console, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Seeing a new console. I'm going to say my safe bet is Smash DLC as well. I think that just makes too much sense. And we've got, there's, like, seems to be things pointing to the fact that we're going to get that information soon. Uh, but I think we could see one soon, along with... Because we're also meant to get some new news on Hyrule Warriors soon. I think that's on the 26th. That they said true. that we're going to give some news. Yeah. And then uh, I can also then see another one coming. Because it's, it's still three months away. It's true. Okay, you know what? With that in mind, maybe I'm going to rescind that. I'm going to rescind the Smash thing. I'm going to say that I actually think it's going to be... An update on Bravely Default. That's my save pick. Based okay. on the, the rating, I think we might. And they're going to announce it's coming in 2021. That's my guess now. And I think my lofty one is Breath of the Wild 2 trailer. I'd like to see that. I think that's the most realistic lofty thing. Because then you think about it. They announce it then. They tell us it's coming in March. Or they tell us that they have more news coming. Then maybe they show us I think hardware. they name it. Maybe. That would be really cool, actually. Because I that don't w- think it's going to be called Breath of the Wild 2. It will be called something. And I, think, I, think, I maybe, think it will be called Breath of the Wild colon something. I don't. I think it will be Breath of something. Oh, yeah? Maybe. They did say a sequel to Breath of the Wild is in development, not mm-hmm. 
they were very particular about that language. Yeah, Either it's like way. we see Majora's Mask as a sequel to Ocarina of Time, but it's not right. called Ocarina of Time 2. That's a great point. I don't think there's actually ever been a number two. Zelda 2? Zelda 2. That's the one. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, okay. I think that makes sense. I think that's a solid, yeah, maybe we get another trailer and the name and they tell us more information is coming. And then we see we see a deep dive on it in January or February. And that, and there's the, and that's when we get the, like the look at the console, and it's like, hey, it's coming in like six weeks, you know, or it's coming in four weeks. Yeah. And then they I, give I the controller, they send the controller to Jeff in the post, and he like shows off on Twitter, and he's he's like, check in tomorrow for my thoughts on how a controller feels in my hand. <laughs> hey, and guess what? We'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, that's that's kind of where I'm at with it, because like I feel like. I'm pretty confident that the March release for Breath of the Wild is that's like where I feel like it lives. So I think yeah. if that'll that's be the what um a firm three years, three years out from yeah. the original, that makes sense. And what a year and a half since we saw the trailer? No, about a year. About no, a, okay, we, we saw the trailer. I think this year. No, it was last year. No, it was at E three last year. So yeah, year and a half. Yeah. Or wow, about. we've seen nothing this year, have we? No. So that's the thing is, I think seeing it in December as like a hey, that's bang on a year and a half. Like, if it if it was E three last year, then it's a year and a half in December. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's that's my lofty guess. I th- I think there's a chance. I really do. But we'll just have to wait and see. So, thank you all for joining us here on another episode of the podcast. Thank you for writing into our MailPot segment. Again, if you are a regular listener and you've never written in, I am challenging you. Write in with a question for next week. I want to hear from you. What are you excited about? What do you think we'll see at the Game Awards? What are Nintendo's biggest mistakes? What are the things you want to see? Like, give me some good questions. Give me some meat. Ask us some, like, big, lofty questions or some really dumb, silly questions. These are the echelons I'm looking for. So, I hope you'll meet my challenge. Uh, <laughs> and again, the ways you can do that are writing to me at Pete at Lupots.com, joining us over on the Discord, uh, where we've got an ever-growing community, uh, getting in there, getting in, talking about Nintendo, talking about games, helping each other get next-gen console pre-orders. It's a great community, and I love being a part of it. I hope you'll come join us and chat with me and Steve, because we're in there all the time. And uh, of course, you know, head to, head to the .com, go over to the YouTube, go to the Twitch, get us wherever you get your content. We're there. We're making stuff. Uh, we've had some pretty cool new videos this year on YouTube after a, a pretty long hiatus. So uh, speaking of Breath of the Wild 2, if you haven't seen Pixel's Breath of the Wild 2 deep dive, go check that out. It's like 45 minutes of him just talking about a, a, a one trailer. It's amazing. It's, it's frankly insane. But he did it, and I'm proud of him. So I want you to go check it out. And with that, oh, no, 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 Patreon, because we're going to go in After Dark right now. That's the thing. I have to get in the habit of teasing that at the end. We're about to roll into After Dark where we're going to talk about how Windows opened in America, Xbox Series X, and then buying Bethesda and pre-orders and the storage expansion. We're going to talk about Steve quad biking, and we're going to talk about the absolute joke of an announcement that is Amazon Luna. So if you want to talk about all that stuff, you got to go tune in. It's a great show. So I hope, I hope you'll be a part of it. It's just a buck. And, uh, you know, there's a couple other goodies you can get, like getting your name read on the show and all that kind of stuff. So go check it out. We really appreciate your support over there. And uh, if you can't, that's fine. You know, just come listen to the show anyway. We want you here whether you can or not. 